Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we have a very special, jam-packed, post-combine, two-round mock draft for you. We're running down every pick of the first round, every pick of the second round, hitting a lot of teams, a lot of needs, and a lot of updates from what myself and Connor heard and saw in Indianapolis this past weekend at the Scouting Combine. It's the part of the year where we really get to figure out exactly what teams are are looking for. This is a predictive mock draft. It's not necessarily what Connor and I would do ourselves, but what we have learned and heard a lot coming out of Indianapolis. It's going to be a blast. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me as always is Connor Rogers. Let's get after it. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. With me is Connor Rogers, fresh off our coverage of the 2022 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Connor, I see that you've made it back in one piece. And buddy, after the weekend, I felt like, or just the straight week that we had, I feel like that's an accomplishment, just both of us being here in front of the mic. Yeah, we're alive and well. Uh, great week in Indy. Well, well alive. 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 <laughs> alive and alive. Uh, no, really, this is great. We're sitting down Sunday. We're both finally home from the Combine. And, man, do we have a show today. We Everybody, like, comes home from the Combine and, like, sleeps or just wants to rest or anything. You and I were like, hell no. We are going to come out swinging with possibly our biggest show yet so i'll let you inform the people of what we got in store today oh i think the people who clicked on the episode are well aware it is a post combine mock draft monday but connor actually had this idea so give your praises to him it's not just one round people it's two full rounds we're gonna get to all 64 picks of the first two rounds of the nfl draft as we see it this is gonna be more of a what we think is going to happen Mm -hmm. mock draft because that's the season. That's the time of year we're in. So, of course, Connor and I are going to give our opinions on these players as we run through them. But a lot of it, especially coming off Indianapolis week, is going to be a lot of what we're hearing. And Connor, man, I know that there's a lot that has changed in my mind. And I'm sure that's the case for you as well with what's going to happen with these picks coming up. There definitely is. There's guys that have significantly jumped. And I don't think it's a lot of people get frustrated on Twitter and they go, well, oh, the combine performance did this. And it's like, well, no, sometimes you get to the combine and it could be a combination of things. Yes, the testing for some of these guys was off the charts, but then you learn that their interviews were incredible. It's the football IQ. It's the ability to come in and be a leader of a franchise. And there are obviously a lot of franchises in this draft that are young and turning over and need guys in the locker room that they think can lead and be there for the next eight to 10 years. Uh, It could be, you know, things that you, you just miss. There's a lot that can go on to this kind of rise. So that will happen today. There will be players that do fall to the second round that a lot of people are not used to seeing in the second round. And I think you and I, Trevor, obviously have, have key explanations for that. There, not everybody can go in the first round. You're hearing right now that everybody's going in the first round. But why we wanted so badly to do this two-round exercise is to show you these are the guys that can fall to the second round no matter how much you love them. I was talking with a media member in Indianapolis, and he ex- he said that exact thing. He's like, you know what? 
It's a yearly tradition. After Indianapolis this week, we are going to hear that there are 50 locks to go in the first round when there's only 32 picks to be had. So that is a great reason why that we are doing this two-round mock draft. We're going to get right to it in a second, but before we do that, if you guys do not have a PFF subscription, now is the time to get one. You get 25% off any PFF subscription, whether it's an Edge subscription, an Elite, a college subscription, whatever. If you use the promo code NFLSE to help out this podcast, you get all of PFF's locked content you get the draft guide the fantasy guide so many premium stats you can see exactly what you're getting with each membership on pff.com whichever one you end up choosing use the promo code nflse you'll be saving 25 percent off whatever your yearly subscription is go check it out no better time to sign up for pff i'm gonna keep the odds connor i know that we did the last time we did a mock draft monday I had the odds. You had the evens. We said that we were going to flip at some point. I was going to have the pressure of picking for the Jets. You were going to have the pressure of picking for the Bucks. But as it stands right now, I think it's only right post-combine for you to unload some of, maybe not all of the Jets' knowledge that you were able to uh, to, to pick up. So I, I think that that's why we're going to start with uh, odds and evens. I'm going to start with number one overall and – I feel like there was a lot of narratives that could have changed this pick. I think Aiden Hutchinson Hutchinson tested pretty well. I thought Kayvon Thibodeau was great at his podium session. I really do. Iki Aquanu tested super well as well. Evan Neal didn't test. But, dude, did you see him at the podium? He's an alien. That man looks more in shape than me, and he's 335 pounds. Did you see see that in person? I can't remember if you were there yet or not. That was the day I believe I arrived, so I did not get to his podium because, as you and I learned, Trevor, they are at the crack of dawn. So I was flying in, but I saw the picture, especially that his trainer, Duke, posted where – I mean, the best way to describe it is he, he has, like, the build. If, like, Zion Williamson was just, like, super shredded, right? Like, that height and the ability to carry weight. He is just so different the way he's built that he didn't need to test because everybody knows what's coming. That pro day is going to be something else. I've never seen a human being carry 336 pounds like that in my entire life. It's unbelievable. So, I'm going to stick with him at number one overall. The no change at the very top of this draft, even though he didn't test, I think he, he impressed enough at the podium and the eye test, if you will. We talk about the eye test all the time. He quite literally passed the eye test. I still think Jacksonville ends up taking an offensive tackle to protect, to protect Trevor Lawrence, which puts you on the clock at number two. And I'm with you, by the way. I think it'll be Evan Neal. I think that him, that all that momentum will pick back up after a great pro day, as great as Icky was, and we'll get to Icky here in a bit. Number two with the Lions, uh, this is going to be Aiden Hutchinson, and I, I would say this is at 99% right now. This is from, you know, uh, common sense when you watch Aiden Hutchinson play and test and interview, and this is also from what I think everybody in the world is hearing, but I, I did my best down there to really hammer down to make sure the Lions, this is not really a... Uh, it doesn't feel like there's a ton of debate here. It feels like if Aiden Hutchinson does not go to Jacksonville, the Lions will sprint that card in and take him in for good reason. There is talk of the Lions doing a lot of due diligence at quarterback. I'm not saying that they're going to take one at two. I'm not even saying that it's at the point where quarterback's in the mix at number two. But it is not off the table. It's it's not like they are be, it's saying... Nope, this quarterback is absolutely terrible. We're not going to consider one, anything like that. It's in the back of their minds. They understand the quarterback position is the most important, but I do agree with you at this time. I would fully expect Aiden Hutchinson 
to be number two overall. Number three, you mentioned that we were going to get to Iki Kwanu pretty quickly. There you go. This is where we're going to get to Iki Kwanu. And this is a dude who I think had an unbelievable combine, man. He, whether it was the Ford, the quick 40 yard dash or the explosive tests or what, man, the eye test as well. Icky looked great. Physically, he looked so great. And then when he got out to the field, he moved so well. You see a lot of that on his tape too. I'll preface this by saying, I guess not preface. I've already started the conversation, but I will just say nobody knows what the Houston Texans are going to do. I asked so many people down in, in, in Indianapolis, what the Houston Texans were going to do, whether it was people in the league or whether it was media members. Nobody really knows. Nobody has any idea. What I did hear is that they are trying to move on from Larry and Tunsil, or at least that's the feeling. They don't want to pay Larry Tunsil all this money while they're going to be bad. So if they move on from him, I think that there's a good chance they're drafting an offensive tackle at the top. They'd rather have a good offensive tackle on a rookie contract. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with Dickie Aquanu here at number three, who also does have a chance to go number one overall, although ultimately I still think it's Evan Neal and then Icky's two. And Trevor, when you don't know what a team is going to do, when you find it, they are in a different category and hard to read right now. You often go to what their fun, foundational principles are. And, and we know Casario's background from New England. You are thinking players that can be matchup man-to-man players for the secondary. So Kyle Hamilton's in play here. Uh, the total wild card could be Sauce Gardner in play here. And on the mm. offensive side of the ball, you're looking at a big, burly, athletic, punch you in the mouth, build the run game offensive line. That's Icky. I think Icky is the best player on the board in this situation. I think when all is said and done, Icky might be my best player in this entire draft. Uh, so I really like this pick, and I agree with you that if I had to you know, try to narrow down these clues here without getting much from Houston out of Houston, it'll be Icky. And that puts the Jets in an interesting spot because if Icky was on the board here for the Jets, I think they take him, but he's not. On the flip side, maybe the most polarizing player in the draft is on the board right now, or, or at least one of the most polarizing defenders in Kayvon Thibodeau, and that's going to be the pick for the New York Jets. If you know what Robert Sala needs, builds his defense off of, it's pass rush with the front four to help out everybody on the back end, athletic linebackers in the middle of the field, uh, that's going to be the defense. So for me here, you have Carl Lawson coming back from injury, not a slam dunk coming off that kind of injury. You still need more. Thibodeau fits exactly what they want with a hand-in-the-dirt defensive end that explodes off the ball, has speed to power. I agree with you, Trevor. I loved what he said at the podium. I think when all is said and done, no icky on the board, but Thibodeau is for the Jets. I don't understand how they would pass him up in this spot. Yeah, and so you're saying that if if Icky and Kayvon were still on the board, you think they'd pick Icky Aquanu? I do. I think they would pick Aquanu. Now... A little, you know, factor into this is from everything I heard at the combine is they are talking to everybody and anybody about the interior offensive line of the free agent class, right? And and it, I know there's mm-hmm. stuff out there about Ryan Jensen, who's the front line guy, but it's more than that. It's not just Jensen; it's you know their hole at right guard as well. Uh, so it's I'm curious to see if they can get any of those to the finish line. Those deals a big deal there, and then maybe they feel better about their offensive line as a whole. Sure. But as it stands today, if Vicky was on the board, I think it would be him. It's not. Thibodeau makes so much sense for the Jets at four. We're going to have a great episode tomorrow where Connor and I kind of get to unload a lot of our thoughts 
findings, everything that we heard in Indianapolis, not in mock draft format. So we're going to be able to dive a little bit deeper into it. I'll get into plenty of what I heard and saw from Kayvon Thibodeau, but I was impressed. I really do think that he is absolutely a stock up guy. And we'll get to a lot more of that tomorrow. Number five, the New York Giants are on the board. I'm going to go with a guy who, when you read those articles, these big winners of the combine, he's absolutely going to be in there. And that is Cincinnati's cornerback. Sauce Gardner came in at six foot two, right at almost six foot three, right there, 190 pounds, had a long 33 and one half arm length. I mean, like this dude is built really well. He brings you that big, long cornerback style. But the question was, Connor, oh man, how fast is he? How fast is Sauce Gardner? I thought he had good recovery speed, but sometimes it didn't always show up. Official four, four, one. That puts all of those numbers that I mentioned there within the 90th to 100th percentile of cornerbacks in the NFL. That's some of the best size to speed combinations that we have seen coming through the combine. I think that he firmed up his CB one status in Indianapolis. And I think that he locked himself up in the top 10. So I've got him going number five overall to the New York giants. Since there is a chance that they're losing James Bradbury, there's a chance they're going to have a major cornerback need there on this team. I think this is where sauce Garner goes. I, and I like it with Wink Martindale there. This makes so much sense for the Giants. Icky's gone. Evan Neal's gone. Kayvon's gone. Hutchinson's gone. Uh, this is kind of where I think they would pivot. And, and you're right, Trevor. I think it's almost a consensus right now that Sauce Gardner is the top corner in this class, which is crazy if you said that to somebody over the summer, that this is how things would finish. Uh, really, really big time last, you know, eight months for Sauce. Six, the Panthers, the one that does not change. Charles Cross, I think what's interesting here is it it could be a quarterback, depending if they fell in love with a Malik Willis, they fall in love with a Kenny Pickett. If there is a feeling in that building that they need to stop with the whole half measures at that position, whether it is, you know, trading mid-round picks for Sam Darnold, bringing Cam Newton back in the middle of the year. If they're tired of that and they truly want to say, this is our guy of the future, we're going to develop him, then maybe they you know, overreact here and do take that quarterback. But as it stands to their offensive line, I think Charles Cross is worth this pick, and we know that's a need there for Carolina. Yeah, from some Carolina people that I talked to, seems a little bit split in the building. Obviously, there's a lot of frustration in Carolina. I think the quarterback is still in consideration for them, but ultimately, I agree with you. I think that they're going to land on offensive tackle. Charles Cross is a damn good one there. Number seven, Trayvon Walker. <laughs> I mean, Hello. That's, who I'm, that's who I'm going with here for the New York Giants. I'm picking two combine studs for them. I had Sauce Gardner at number five. Now I'm going to have Trayvon Walker. And again, this is, this is a dude who, I mean, blow up the combine almost doesn't even do it justice. I mean, Connor, six Insane. foot five, 272 pounds, 35 and a half inch arms, massive hand size as well. And then the guy goes out and does what? 35 and a half inch vertical jump, 123 inch broad jump, which are both incredible scores, the explosive scores there. Four, five, one, 40 yard dash at 272 pounds. Unbelievable. Look, Daniel Jeremiah and Dane Brugler were really high on this guy. We knew that it had to be league motivated. You like his tape. His tape is good, but he is much more of a run stuffer right now. And any kind of pass rush profile is simply a projection from it. We did not see it at Georgia. But from everything I certainly heard around Indianapolis, this dude's going top 15. And certainly the measurables and then the athletic scores that we saw him put up this weekend – 
that completely justifies that if that's kind of what we were going off of anyway. So he's checking a lot of the boxes that you would have seen from the highest kind of projections of Trayvon Walker. I think you do a lot of different things. Like you played a lot of different alignments. They moved them all around in Georgia. So two combine studs for the Giants. Five sauce garner here at seven. Trayvon Walker from Georgia. Yeah, Walker's going top 10. I wouldn't be the one to do that, but it's happening. I think he is a great high floor run defender. I think he is a truly alien athlete that just has not figured out how to rush the passer on a consistent basis yet. And I I personally don't value players like that in the top 10. Uh, he is a projection pick, similar in the mold of Rashawn Gary from a few years ago. Somebody maybe might be rewarded. Somebody might be disappointed. It's going to be the most interesting, maybe one of the most interesting ones from this defensive line class. All right, eight, the Falcons. This is where the Kyle Hamilton slide stops. I think mm. this is where a lot of people expect it to stop if he made it this far. Uh, you'd really just get this interchangeable piece on the back end. We know he can do everything. It's all on there on film. He's physical. He can hit. Yeah, the 40 time probably was disappointing to some. I do think the play speed is fine. I'm not worried about that. I also think you have to take into account how big he is at that position. That is a rare, not only body weight to carry around on the back end, but a rare body type, the length. Um, so Kyle Hamilton at eight for the Falcons. They are just looking to bring in as many great prospects as they can. They started that with Kyle Pitts last year. I think the rest of the draft was disappointing. So they really need to hit here, and they'll go with a safe player in Hamilton at eight. Yeah, I mean, it, it it feels like it feels like such a slide for one of the best players in the draft. Now, he runs the four, five, nine, 40 yard dash. And I agree with you. That wasn't what I expected to not see. Not a great but, number. I mean, like, it's, I don't hate it. I mean, so, so what? He's not the. It's he, adequate. He, Right. Well, I, I mean, I, I hate to say the word adequate with Kyle Hamilton, right? <laughs> he's That's just... the issue, though. Why would you take him top five then? Right, I don't right. know, man. And There's a lot to unpack with him. You and I, as we were going over this mock draft, obviously, like you look at it and you go, okay, where are the spots for Kyle Hamilton? If you think that he's spe like super special generational, maybe you consider him at number one overall, but I don't think that's what the NFL teams are going to look at right there, especially given his 40. He's not Could you imagine if Jacksonville did that? It'd be, it'd be pretty nuts. He's not going <laughs> to round out his mock draftable spider graph chart the way that a Derwin James did. Like people kind of compare him to when it comes yeah, to that, I don't see that size one. and unique profile. So that's why it's like he's not going number one overall. If he doesn't go number three to Houston, where does he go? He's probably, I mean, he's probably not going to go to the Jets because the Jets have bigger needs at different at yep. other spots that are premium positions. He's not going to go to the Giants because I think they're pretty set at safety. They yeah. like what they're getting out of Xavier McKinney. The Panthers certainly aren't going to draft him, right? Because they need help along the offensive line and so, then jeremy chin who is not the same player but you know what i mean right 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 they have so someone there it's i i say all that to say like number eight might seem like a quote-unquote slide for one of the best players in this class but it's really not no. at least it's certainly coming off of indianapolis week i don't think so jermaine johnson i'm gonna have him going number nine yeah, baby all to the Let's go to i the love denver, him to the denver broncos florida state uh defensive end Six five two fifty five, thirty four inch arms. You love those measurables. Four five eight forty yard dash. Then he had a thirty two inch vertical jump and one hundred twenty five inch broad jump, which were I think really nice explosive scores. We saw the great production when he had the helmet and pads on at the Senior Bowl not too long ago. So man, I think that he's fantastic. And look, if the Denver Broncos aren't trading this pick for Aaron Rodgers, which is on the table as of right now, 
I still think Rodgers is going to stay with the Packers. I, I think that that's what I, that is the more concrete part of what I heard this weekend. Not to say that it was 100%, but I heard more people leaning towards Rodgers staying with the Packers than moving. If he's moving, he's going to Denver, and this pick looks a lot different. But as of right now, I'm going with what I heard. Rodgers is staying with the Packers. I think Denver's probably going to look elsewhere around the league rather than draft a quarterback yeah, here I at agree. nine. And because of that, I got him taking Jermaine Johnson. I love it. It was a podium I couldn't walk away from. The film is great. Uh, re- really, play style reminds me of Matt Judon. That's exactly who he is. I know he carries a little less weight, but on the trade-off, he is a more explosive player than Matt Judon was coming out. So, Jermaine Johnson, I think he he every bit of a top 10 pick. The Jets at 10. So, you got Thibodeau at 4. The offensive line run has kind of sparked its way already. I Like I said, I think they spend money on the interior, so no Linderbaum here. I'm going to go Garrett Wilson, who had himself a combine, man. I mean, running in the four threes. I was the, impressed. The, the 36-inch vertical. I know I've been copying him to Calvin Ridley every chance I can get. He might be a more explosive Calvin Ridley. Garrett Wilson is, is scheme perfect for what they do on offense. Him across from uh, Corey Davis, or can kind of be... They're C.D. Lamb in the slot with Elijah Moore and Corey Davis on the outside. I think that's a really interesting fit as well. So Garrett Wilson at 10 starts the receiver run here. Man, he he's the safest receiver to me in the entire draft. So for the Jets here, you walk away with Kayvon for your defense, Garrett Wilson for your offense. You got to be feeling really special about that kind of haul. Yeah, and what did we what did we talk about going into the combine? That Chris Olave was the more athletic one, right? Is a smooth deep threat, and Olave runs a four three eight. Good, or Olave runs a four three nine, which is good. That's what you want to see. That's him checking the yep. box. And Garrett Wilson runs a four three eight. He runs a little bit faster. So I mean, they're the same speed essentially. But you love to put Garrett Wilson's speed in that same category with Chris Olave. That was really great to see there as well. Yeah, um, I got the Washington Commanders at number eleven. I'm going to stick on the wide receiver train. I'm going with Drake London. Now, Drake London didn't work out. Ankle still bugging him, but he showed up. Six foot four, 220 pounds. I like that. Sure, I would have liked for him to be 6'5". Like the USC website says, cough, cough. But it's fine. Six foot four, you're still getting that long, big frame there with him as a potential X wide receiver. I love the fact that he was up to 220 pounds. I was kind of worried that he was going to show in at 110, so I like that. Can't wait to see him work out at USC, but... Love adding the X receiver profile to Washington right now. And I know some of you are out there like, hey, what about quarterback? You don't have a quarterback on the board. Malik Willis, there was all this hype from Malik Willis. Where is he going? Why isn't he going to number 11? From everything that I heard, a couple of people, Washington's not super in on this quarterback class. Now, is that a smokescreen? We'll see. But there wasn't this overwhelming, gushing love for any of the quarterbacks from Washington. Not I, Certainly, I, I didn't hear about Malik Willis. He's mainly the, the one that I'm talking about there. So I'll stay away from quarterback at this point. I'll trust kind of what I've been hearing lately, and uh, we'll investigate a little bit more into that. But I'll go Drake London. Why Everything. At 11? Everything with Denver and Washington is that they want nothing to do with this quarterback class. They want a veteran. Right. But, man... They're both going to show up to the dance, and I don't know if both of them are going to find a partner for the floor. I think, you know, unless you consider Jimmy G that partner. So it's going to be fascinating to watch how that plays out and how they have to convince themselves to like one of these quarterbacks. I found a team right here at 12 that I think can be thinking for the future. The Vikings at 12 is where Malik Willis comes off the board. Now you have Kirk Cousins in that $45 million that you can't do anything with. Um, That is that's happening this year. Okay. I actually think, Trev, this is awesome for Malik Willis. You get to go into a situation, Perfect. you sit behind a pro, 
he I, from everything it sounds like Kirk Cousins is not going to be a guy that's going to be like I don't want this rookie in here like you know what I mean so I think it can work out where Cousins would know this is his last year in Minnesota you do what you can with that offense Malik gets to sit and learn and then 2023 you got your franchise quarterback ready to go and Malik Willis so the Vikings don't have to move to get him in this scenario. That's the only way I would do it. If I was the Vikings, I wouldn't pay a premium to go up and get him. I would just sit tight here. And I think part of this also factors in Trevor. I, man, I, there's a lot going on with Derek Stingley, obviously, with the injury, the the lack of you know playtime over the last year, the 2020 mm-hmm. drop-off that this felt like such a slam dunk for a while that I think it's actually a little bit more up in the air where the Vikings, the Derek Stingley layup is not there for me anymore. So we'll get a little bit more creative and, and look towards the future with Malik. Yeah. And obviously a reminder, this is what we think is going to happen. Not oh, yeah, necessarily sure. what we would do, but I like the Malik Willis pick here because if Malik were to go in the first round, there's only a handful of spots that I really would realistically like. And Minnesota is one of them. I'll say the higher spots like you, you can you can pick a spot maybe later in the draft where yeah. i would say all right well there's clearly a, a strong quarterback already there you can pick malik will especially if it's an aging guy but this is one of the earlier picks that i like because of the reasons that you highlight he gets to stick behind kirk cousins he can learn because man you don't want malik willis out there next year you don't i think it's, it's just going to be I, I think there's there's too big of a chance that it would be bad for his development so fine wine fine wine yeah hopefully hopefully i'm hoping it's that yeah uh cleveland browns at number 13 i'm gonna go jameson williams the wide receiver from alabama now jameson williams didn't work out obviously he's recovering from that torn acl and there's a chance that he might not be ready for the season but i've seen you talk about this on twitter you've talked about it on this podcast connor you're not so sure that there's going to be this quote-unquote injury tax for jameson williams when it comes to the draft because we listened to him at his podium He said that the rehab was coming along great. He said he was ahead of the timeline, which was a five to seven month recovery timeline, which is super quick anyways. Uh, He said he talked to Adrian Peterson, so he must have gotten the tips from the trade of coming back from the ACL injury. So he's got all of those and he's already kind of standing up doing different catching and balancing drills, which is great to see. And you know, at the end of the day, Cleveland needs him, man. If Jamison Williams is anywhere close to healthy or exactly where he's supposed to be in terms of his recovery, if they believe he's going to be the player that we saw this past year at Alabama, I think Cleveland's taking him. I really do. They need a wide receiver badly. They need a go-to guy that they can use in any situation. And Jamison's one of the best options out there. I don't love the fact that he showed up at the combine is at 179. That's really light for him, even as a speed guy. He's slender, man. But I think his playing weight is going to be a lot closer to 185, 190. And I think that this is because think about it, man. If you haven't been able to stand or exercise, do anything, you're not lifting. So he's not lifting. He probably hasn't lifted much since he got that surgery. So I think that once he is able to really move and work out and run again, he's going to be able to put on more weight. It's not going to be above 190. He's not going to like jump anywhere near 200, but it won't be 179, I don't think. So I'm not too worried about that. But all that to say, Jameson Williams, 13 to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I, I'm. This is it. This is a sweet spot. I almost put him to ten with the Jets just to give them more speed. Uh, but Garrett Wilson obviously tested so well that you feel like you're still getting that and a little bit more polish. Sure. So Jamison at thirteen. Everybody, if you think that's early, ooh, buddy, I think he's going in the top seventeen picks for sure. All right, fourteen. The Baltimore Ravens are on the clock. Talked about it at twelve with the Vikings. This is where Derek Stingley goes. And this might be on the early end for him right now. I think this is more of a fits what they like, a guy that wants to play in man coverage every single snap, press you at the line of scrimmage, find the football in the air, the ball skills, an organization that I think 
does a better job than most at getting guys to lock in and developing guys. There hasn't been a lot of guys that go there, and it's like, oh, you know, it's an organization that really gets guys to buy in and do everything the right way and maximizes talent very often. So you feel comfortable about Stingley hitting that ceiling or at least filling in some of that ceiling by going to Baltimore at 14, where the the teams earlier than this, there's a little bit more scare of bust potential. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. The, I, the The injury with Stingley, the type of injury is the thing that really scares me. Scary. It's, it's that, scary. It's that Liz Frank injury, which can really stick around with players. And I hope that's not the case because Stingley's a hell of a player. Uh, Philadelphia coming up at number 15. I'm going to go with Michigan pass rusher David Ojabo. Shows up six foot four, 250 pounds at the combine. Runs a 4.55, which is moving for a guy of that size. 35-inch vertical jump, 122-inch broad jump, 4.55 shuttle, or 4.45 shuttle. Almost so I'm short there. The pass rush potential with this guy is awesome. And I think that that's exactly what the Eagles need. They need some juice in there. Needs to work on his run defense, but... This is a really great player. I think that he also locked himself in the top 15 this past weekend. So I'll have him going 15 exactly here to the Eagles. I love it, man. That And that's a great landing spot for what he does best. And I'll piggyback off that because the Eagles are back on the clock again for me. And it's Traylon Burke's time here. So you get a Jabo uh, to give you a little bit speed rush off the edge. Then you go on offense and you get a little bit more power and vertical speed. Man, a 4.55 at 225 pounds is moving, Trevor. He's got build-up speed, Traylon Burks. He's carrying way more weight than a lot of these smaller wide receivers. The Eagles got one of those last year in Devontae Smith, okay? You need somebody that can stretch the field vertically, that can create yards with manufactured touches, and can also run block his ass off in one of the best run offenses in the entire league. So Traylon Burks at 16 that's a nice spot for him, and that gives the Eagles two guys that, honestly, when all is said and done with a Jabo and Burks, wouldn't shock me if they end up as top 10 players to come out of this class. Yeah, I mean, Traylon Burks, I, I know a lot of people were disappointed about the combine performance, but, I mean, he's still... He, he's Context, still man. You know, I think that that definitely matters there. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers at number 17. I am going with the guy who probably captivated the combine the most, and that is Georgia defensive tackle. Jordan Davis, six foot six, 340 pounds, which is great because that's about 10 to 20 pounds lighter than what he played with at college. And I think he looked great. And how did he move? Oh, he moved like an absolute sports car for a dude this big, man. Four, seven, eight at 340, Connor. That's one of the most absurd things I've ever seen. In fact, it's one of the most absurd performances we've ever seen at the combine. When you combine that with a 32 inch vertical jump and a 123 inch broad jump that is speed that is explosiveness that is size that is power we this dude's got absolutely everything i think 17 is the absolute floor for jordan davis a lot of people are going to talk about oh you know he couldn't get off the field on georgia the snap count was an issue well i think that things are a little bit interesting here to take into context with that one jordan's georgia's defensive line was extremely deep Okay, his backup was Jalen Carter. Hell yeah, they're going to get him off the field and keep him fresh and put Jalen Carter in the game, right? Jalen Carter is going to be a top 10 pick next year. So there was this rotation with Jordan Davis that was going to happen from talent anyways. It was a rare situation that Georgia had. Now, of course, yeah, he was getting a little bit gassed, especially down the stretch. But if he was playing at 255, 260, him at 335, 340 is a different player. You can have better conditioning. You can be healthier. You can stay on the field more. So I think that 
him being at a lighter weight, him showing how explosive he is at that weight, it's only all great things for his uh, for his prospect profile. Honestly, I think 17 is the floor here with the Chargers who would love to get him. He might get a lot higher than this, Connor, but I got him at 17 here. Yeah, he was Godzilla out there. It's surely remarkable to watch somebody at that size do the things he does athletically, and he can completely change your run defense single-handedly. So, you know, and for the people that think he needs to come off the field for, you know, in nickel packages, if anything, it just makes things better. Uh, you have somebody that can completely dominate in the trenches and, and shut down the run and, and allow you to take defenders out of the box because that's how much space he controls both by his strength and movement. So, all right, 18, the Saints. I'm going Chris Olave here. Obviously, the Ohio State wide receivers had quite the time in Indy, and that should surprise no one at this point with the talent that they've recruited there over the years and what we've seen on the field. The Saints need wide receiver help. Even if Michael Thomas does come back and is productive, they've always needed that number two, number one in the future. We know Olave can win down the field vertically. Uh, he's excellent at getting open. He's got speed, but he's got short area athleticism. Uh, and he's just uh, such a polished, polished route runner, which is so important in the timing of that Saints offense. So Alave at 18 here as we've had quite the run on wide receivers from picks 10 all the way up to 18 right now. Yeah, really good wide receiver class. A lot of speed coming in the NFL for sure. Eagles at number 19, so we're rounding out the Eagles' three first-round picks. I'll go Tyler Linderbaum. I'll go with an old reliable here. Linderbaum didn't do anything at the Combine. He was, he was not working out at all, so we only got to see him uh, at the podium. I think that he's still a fantastic player in this draft. He's one of the cleanest players in this draft. He's one of the easiest projections. I think there's still a chance that he goes in the top 15, but I think this is kind of a sweet spot for him, especially where the Eagles are, any of their picks, given what's going on with Jason Kelsey, how close he could be to retirement, whether it's this year or next year. They got Landon Dickerson, and I think that if they have Tyler Linderbaum and Landon Dickerson on the interior, that's a really good young core that they could have there along with their offensive tackle. So uh, I'll still go Linderbaum here, even though he was very quiet this week in Indianapolis. And I think that's the right area for him, right? I, I don't think he's a top 10 pick. He'll be a top 10 player for me, I think, when all is said and done. But mm -hmm. when you look at how centers traditionally at that size come off the board, uh, it's not going to be in the top 10 in my eyes. I like 19 to the Eagles there. We know they need interior offensive line help. 20, the Steelers works out for them. They don't have to go up and get this guy. They get Kenny Pickett. They need a quarterback. I think unlike Denver and Washington, they do make a lot of sense for a rookie. It allows them to kind of scale back, uh, use resources elsewhere in later rounds of the draft. The fact they need to boost their offensive line, which we're going to get to later in round two. And the fact that, you know, Pickett, he's played for Pitt. We know that. He can come in. He could execute the timing and anticipation of the offense, feed the talented wide receivers they have, and you have a workhorse that can help you in Najee Harris. So I wouldn't like the Steelers going to get Pickett, and unfortunately there might be a team that does that. But with him sitting here on the board for us, Trevor, at 20, I think that makes sense for both sides. Eight and a half inch hands for Pickett would be, un hands. Would be unprecedented in the NFL. That would be in the zeroth percentile. I don't think there's any, ever been any quarterback that has a court that had uh, hand size. That Just Mike Vick. Well, I thought uh, Mike Vick was a little bigger, right? Or no, did he get him by a, an eighth of an inch? He might have. I and it doesn't like matter because he's Mike Vick. Okay, let's just make this clear. <laughs> right. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't help Kenny Pickett. Right. You need to be the the greatest <laughs> running threat, most explosive player at the position of all time. Mike Vick also had an absolute hose. Yeah. Totally different. Mike Vick one also. 
One it was of just one. one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Kenny Pickett being in the same category as Michael Vick, I'm sure that'll work out. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, that's the that's the top 20. Uh, Got to read an ad. Got to tell you guys about something we're excited about before we. But uh, we'll get to the rest of the first round, and of course, like we promised, the second round coming up. Uh, we got to talk to you for, about our friends at All 22, though. They're unveiling the newest fantasy football game that hundreds of PFF employees have been playing. All 22 uses weekly PFF grades as one of its main scoring components to test your ability to build a full 53-man roster. Offensive line included. If you have ever dreamed of sitting in an NFL front office, if you enjoy the scouting process, you're going to want to check out All-22. So what it does is instead of like fantasy football where you're only getting scores off of stats, you're getting scores off of performances. So it's truly like a Madden franchise, but just in a fantasy football realm that you're playing with your friends and that you get to score and that you get to win every single week. Join the waitlist now, all-22.com with nothing more than your email. Uh, if you join the waitlist before the NFL draft, so you got about a month and a half to do that, you'll receive a promo code for your All22 subscription. Waitlist users will even gain access to premium content like the inaugural draft guide, in-season strategies, uh, feature release announcements, and all, and all that and more. Be sure to follow All22 at all 22 underscore PFF on Twitter and all 22. It's less fantasy. It's more football and it's a lot of fun. All right. We got to pick up the pace here, Connor. Got to pick up the pace. Let's do it. We got a lot to get to my friend. Uh, Starts off with me. Number 21, New England Patriots, uh, another big winner at the combine. I'm taking Kyrie Elam, the cornerback there. News broke while we were in Indianapolis that uh, JC Jackson, the corner from uh, New England is likely to hit the market. Now I, I don't remember if I saw that that like for sure means he's leaving. Like it's more likely that he's leaving or not, but they're not going to franchise tag him. He's going to test the market. If he leaves, they're going to need a corner badly, right? Because they traded Stefan Gilmore. So they're going to need That's a the corner. defense. Kyir Elam, the six foot two, 200 pound cornerback out of Florida. Actually, he's 190. He weighed in at 190. So six foot one, two, 190, 30 and seven eighth inch arms. So almost 31 inch, 31 inch arms. The big question with him, because he's a long man coverage press corner, is is the speed there. Can we trust the speed? He ran a 4-3-9 that checks the speed box, my friend. I think he's probably going to go in the first round, and I think this is an option for him in New England. It was awesome to see him do that. I felt like every, all these guys had like the Mario, Mario Kart star. This, I, this is a fast Truly. track. Let me just say that. So, Kyrie Elam, love that he's back in that first-round combo. Uh, fits New England's defense like a glove. 22, the Las Vegas Raiders. Devontae Wyatt. They need interior defensive line help. Hell yeah. Wyatt's pretty fun because, and it's funny how like Jordan Davis was so ridiculous that guys like Wyatt and Travis Jones had these incredible workouts and nobody said a peep about it. Wyatt also gives a little bit more pass rush juice than what Jordan Davis has to offer. And I think for the Raiders front, him playing next to Max Crosby, that can be something dangerous. And the wide receiver board didn't really break the way I would hope here for the Raiders. Wyatt is no man's consolation prize. Uh, this is a, a you know classic plug-and-play, get better at an area that you really need to for Las Vegas. For as freaky as Jordan Davis was, Devontae Wyatt was so damn good as well at the Combine. He was my DT1 going in. He stayed my DT1 afterwards, so I love this spot. For Devontae Wyatt. Arizona Cardinals up at number 23. I've got them taking the offensive line bench press champion Zion Johnson, who put up 32 reps, 225 on the bench. Uh, obviously, that doesn't immediately translate to the next level, but you know what does? Yes, it does. No. Damn. <laughs> okay. All right. I guess I guess you could take it there. Damn good film and what you do with the helmet and pads on. We saw exactly what he was able to do with the helmet and pads in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. I think he's a fantastic interior offensive lineman. He's a guy who could 
really have a lot of success, not only early on in his career, but uh, throughout his entire career, which I think is going to be a long one. So we got the Cardinals addressing interior defense, offensive line with Zion Johnson. Oh, man, that is if Kyler's not happy now and I know he wants his money, that that would go a long way for that offense. And I I know what you got. I know what you got cooking in round two. So it's it's, Mm. it's a fun little duo. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. All right. Twenty four Dallas Cowboys. Kenyon Green. They need interior offensive line help. Kenyon Green, you know, just. Everything with him tells you that he is a guard. If you weren't ready by now, the film tells you that's his best spot. The combine tells you that's his best spot. For the Cowboys, that is no problem. Obviously, an A&M guy, they're going to have all eyes on him. Kenyon Green to the Cowboys, Trev, I'm going to be honest with you, man. It's just one of those easy picks in this mock draft. It really is. It really is. No doubt about it. Buffalo Bills up at number 25. I asked Brandon Bean. I personally asked Brandon Bean, the general manager. I regret um, by the, the collar and said, <laughs> nearly assaulted him to get the answer yeah. to this question. No, it's not true. I was just at his podium. And one thing I wanted to know is, hey, you know, the Buffalo Bills have a potential defensive line need, depending on what happens in free agency. And I asked Brandon, I was like, hey, you've spent a lot of picks on defensive line over the last, I'll, I'll just say a couple of years, certainly last year with Rousseau and Basham, does that influence your decision in maybe going defensive line again? Or do you just think like, man, we got to start spending premium picks at different parts of the roster to make sure we're growing the roster healthy and all around. And he said, look, we have put a premium on defensive line uh, as a staff. That's what we do here. And if we have a need, we will continue to do that. And he even said, like, I, I anticipate us doing things along the defensive line, whether it is in free agency and, or certainly if they're not bringing any new blood or they might not be able to bring everybody back in the draft. And I think that at 25, Travis Jones from UConn makes a lot of sense. This is a big body dude, man. If, if Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis weren't putting on the show that they were, I think that Travis Jones would have stood out even more, man. Six foot four, 325 oh, pounds. He is a monster Four nine two forty 240 yard day. A sub five forty for this dude at this size is awesome. 28 and a half inch vertical jump, 110 in the broad, 7333 cone drill, and a 458 20 yard shuttle. Those are really nice athletic numbers for such a big dude. And that shows you that he's got a little bit of juice on top of the great strength that he already plays with as a run defender. So I think that that firmly, to me, made him a first round guy in this class. I got him going 25 to Buffalo. I'm with you. He could two-gap. He could pin his ears back and go. Uh, we've seen the swim move. We've seen the bull rush. We've seen it all with him. I love Travis Jones, and that's pretty scary for the AFC East. The Bills loading up and getting him in there. All right, 26, the Titans. They need some offensive line help, and at this point, I actually think this is more suited where Trevor Penning should go. I don't, I don't like the Trevor Penning in the top 10, top 15 kind of talk. He's by far not a perfect prospect, but... The tenacity he plays with, that bully style, he can go in there in Tennessee and he could fill in at guard, he could fill in at tackle, wherever they see fit. I know they've had some misses there in recent years, so they do have a hole. Uh, So for the Titans here, he fits the identity of that offense. He can give you a lot of strength and finish mentality as a run blocker as well. The Titans here, they got to have their eyes on, you know, Zion's gone in this spot. Trevor Kenyon Green's gone in this spot. I would say Penning's the next man up. Penning's got a mean streak to him, man. I know a lot of NFL teams are going to love it. Certainly, it's right up the Tennessee oh, Titans alley. Rabel, and it's just—it's got to watch. Just got to watch out for the outside shoulder, man. And him running as well as he did, and I think moving as well as he did, tells you he's got the athleticism to get a lot better. Yeah, at just protecting technique. the outside shoulder, right? Just technique. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers up at number twenty-seven. A lot of different avenues that they could go. 
Trent McDuffie is still on the board. And McDuffie was, I think, close to a consensus top 15 pick before Indianapolis. And then I think a lot of people are, are cooling down on McDuffie simply because of both the measurements and the athletic profile. We, we had questions about both his size and his speed. And it's not like they're terrible, but they didn't pleasantly surprise us. He shows up five foot 11, 193 pounds. The arm length is not great though. 29 and three fourths inch arms. So he's got sub 30 arms. That's not really great for a guy that you were hoping could play outside corner for you. Again, it's not a kiss of death. It just makes things more difficult. And especially because in a 40 yard dash, he ran an official four, 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 which again, not bad, but it's, it, it didn't like blow you away. Like a smaller guy with, 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 smaller arms you would be hoping was a little bit quicker a little bit faster and he just he wasn't now that doesn't change anything about how good his tape is it doesn't he's already put the tape out there he shows you how good he is as a football player when the helmet and the pads are on so you don't let the testing numbers matter more than the tape but i do think that's the reason why we're going to see a little bit of a slide from him we've talked about how tampa might have a cornerback need this offseason or next offseason they love washington huskies players and trent mcduffie is just really great dude he's gonna be great in the locker room he's such a clean eval he's got great tape he's gonna be a first rounder just maybe not as close as early as we thought so i'll go trent mcduffie at 27 for tampa maybe the most impressive podium of the entire week he's so I mean, great man he's just smart he's not only friendly but he, he he's so he goes so in depth to explain things i i think he has an understanding of playing defense at a the level of an eight-year nfl veteran and this is a college dude at this level. So McDuffie, he, he's going to dom He dominated, I'm sure, when he sat down with teams where they're yeah, like, yes. we, yes. we know exactly what we're getting from you. Every ounce of you is in on football, and every ounce of you understands everything we're going to throw at you, and that's, that's going to help him a lot. All right, the Packers at 28. Let's go wide receiver here, Christian Watson. Yeah, Size, there we go, baby. Speed, production, you name it. He's got it all. Valdez Scantling is going to hit free agency. Uh, probably going to get a decent deal because of the vertical threat he poses, and teams always pay those guys. The Packers probably let him walk. You get a better version of that in Christian Watson. I've been asking the Packers to draft a guy like this for three years. If they don't do it this year, Trevor, I give up. I will give you the evens or wherever they pick every year going <laughs> forward because I'm not. This is ridiculous. Oh, man. Christian Watson put on a freaking show man i mean it is just it's been all christian watson for the last month for two months dude it truly has i think he's gonna be a first rounder so i'm totally with you and it's perfect for green bay because they want taller bigger wide receivers anyways you're right it's perfect if they don't pick christian watson or like maybe george pickens or something give up they're never paid they're never taking a wide receiver no, in the first round they'll take never mock him one again the first round instead uh, right we've got uh geez i'm gonna be started miami dolphins at number 29 i'm gonna go with bernard raymond the offensive tackle from central michigan his combine was a little bit strange i didn't think it would be like this okay he's, he shows up six foot six 300 pounds okay that's what we already thought from him he's got the 32 and 7 eighth inch arm so that's good it's almost 33 inch arm length which is i think checks the boxes yep he was slower than I thought. He ran, I thought this was going to be one of the guys who was going to run a sub 540, and he ends up running a 505. So, I mean, like, it's right there. It's right around that five number. It's not like he was super slow. But then he put up 30 reps to the bench. Like, he was one of the highest bench repping dudes at the offensive line spot. So, I don't know, man. He he, he showed more of a strength profile 
than I thought. And I just thought he was going to have more of a speed profile. So I, I guess to me, that's kind of a positive thing. Cause I already see the speed elements in his tape. So maybe I just think he's a little bit stronger now. So I don't know. Uh, Miami needs an offensive lineman. I still think he's going to be a fringe first rounder. So let's have him going here to Miami. He took the transition from pass catcher to offensive lineman a little too seriously. He yeah, just, he's just, he just beefing. Just lost all the speed and gained all the strength, dominated the bench. So Bernard Raymond, Dolphins got to get some more, something more on that offensive line right now. And no doubt, man, this, this board evaporated. All right, 30, the Chiefs, man, this guy's firmly in the back end of round one conversation now, if he wasn't before. Great tape, incredible combine. Lewis Seen, the safety from Georgia. I, I mean, good Lord, man. Jumped a mile, ran well, measures well. It can be a true free safety when you watch the tape. He's got the ability to roam on the back end. The downhill closing speed to come in and, and be a thumper against the run, especially these wide zone rushing attacks. He's got it. The Chiefs need more on the back end. Honey Badger is going to be a free agent. He's going to walk. This is your replacement. And and this guy is just a, a thunderbolt of energy wherever you need him to play. But I, I like him as a true free safety. Dude, top five, 40 for safeties, top seven vertical jump, and then the number one broad jump. He oh had an 11-foot, one-inch broad. He had a 36-and-a-half-inch vert, and then a, what was his 40? 4-3-7. I mean, like, this dude's dude. just athletic, man. No doubt about it. It's real. He yeah. was awesome. He was awesome. Bengals up at number 31. And I know what you're thinking. Trev, what offensive lineman are the Cincinnati Bengals taking? And I got news for you. None. No, I'm not sure. I, I don't know exactly if it's going to happen, but I will say I heard more rumblings of the Bengals thinking they're probably going to go defense at the back end of the first round than I thought. Than I heard offense. Now, maybe it was just the talk of the town. Maybe it was just what people were saying that week, and a lot could change the free agency, but I'll roll with it. I'll say that they're going to take defense at the back end of the first round until things change. Now, Devin Lloyd's still on the board. Devin Lloyd's a guy who has been in top 10 of mocks uh, before this. I always felt like that was a little too rich. And I think at the combine, we kind of confirmed that, okay, he's not this like top 10 player. He might be a top 20 player, but here we've got him late in the first round. Cause I think that's a decent spot for him. Six foot three, 237 pounds, 33 inch arms, four, six, six, 40 yard dash. Isn't super impressive. 25 on the bench rest is, but a 35 inch vertical jump, 126 inch broad jump. He's got the explosive scores, but the long speed was Kind of a question with Devin Lloyd, and it's still a question here after the combine. You like the tape. He's got good instincts. I like what he's been able to show over the last three years, but I don't think he's this superstar off-ball linebacker that we maybe once build him to be. So perhaps he's not going this late, but I think I think it's a better chance that he goes in the back half of the first round than it is the first half of the first round at this point, which has been flipped at times, but I wanted to say that. So I'll have Devin Lloyd go to the Cincinnati Bengals, who I think they would love because they definitely need an upgrade at linebacker. All right, I'll stick with linebacker here to close out round one before we move on to round two. That's right. We are doing a two-round mock draft if you jumped in late, if you hit the Whoa. scroll too fast. Lions here, N'Kobe Dean, man. And I don't care that he's 5'11". I don't care that he's under 230 pounds, short arms, whatever. I don't care. The guy is instinctual. He is such a good player. I saw that Daniel Jeremiah flew the uh, like size and measurable comparison to Jonathan Vilma. I think that one's a lot of fun. I think for the Lions, they need to get more athletic and instinctual in the middle of their defense. I like the defensive tackles they drafted last year. Obviously, they have Aiden Hutchinson at the top of this draft, so you're starting to see the front 
really round out. Now you need guys that can run and chase behind them and be leaders and be the dudes on this defense. Aiden Hutchinson, N'Kobe Dean, two of the best leaders in the entire country this year. I would say two of the top five leaders in the entire country, uh, top of the country, the Lions get both those guys. It just this, this would be an awesome rebuild for that Lions defense. Look, even though N'Kobe Dean did not work out in Indianapolis, the rest of his teammates did him a solid because it completely amplified the just draft Georgia defensive players. Jordan yeah. Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Trayvon Walker, Lewis Seen, Quay Walker. It, it doesn't matter, man. Just draft Georgia defensive players. And Nicobe Dean was one of the best in that entire group. So I think that I don't think he's going to fall short of what those guys were putting down at the combine. So I think that this is, yeah, he total Detroit Lion kind of player. All right, we're running through the entire second round as well. We'll then give you guys, wait, should we do it? Should we do a recap now, or do you want to do a recap at the end of the draft? What do you want to do? Let's recap round one okay. right now. Or do we do? <sighs> no, we I should re- it. recap it by team. We should do full team classes. So okay. we gotta wait. Okay. All right. All right. We'll do. We'll do that. Pain you know butt. what? You know what? You're smart. That was good. That was good yeah, thinking on the fly. Occasionally, Jacksonville Jaguars at number one. I had them taking Evan Neal. Now here to start the second round. I got a steal, baby. I got Purdue defensive lineman George Karloftis. I heard that we as a collective media the media a little <laughs> higher yeah. on George Karloftis than the NFL actually is so will he slip to the second round maybe not and i think that it's the answer is actually probably not i still think he's going to be a first round player but given the way that the board kind of fell, this did make sense according to a lot of what we're hearing. So maybe it's a possibility that it happens. He ain't going very far if he gets to the second round. And right here, I don't have it. So George Karloftis, I'll, I'll have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking at 33. So their class is uh, Evan Neal and George Karloftis. Yeah, no 40 for Karloftis, no three cone. The three cone was what I was very intrigued by. Right. Uh, so, you know, a little disappointed there. But I, I heard the same as you, Trev. I heard that, you know, maybe not round two, but not top 10, not top 15, and somebody's got a slide. And I think that uh, I think there's a chance. So 34, the Lions. So they have Hutchinson, Nicobe Dean. We got to look at the offense at some mm-hmm. point. You hit a home run with Amon Ross St. Brown last year, but you still need speed and you need, you know, you need playmakers. So we're going to go Jahan Dotson here, uh, a guy that, that can give that vertical burst, good tracking, and really start to round out your offense to to help. You can't just have one playmaker in this offense and a tight end. You, you need more juice. Jahan Dotson is the the wide receiver here that surprisingly falls, but somebody's got to fall. Uh, so for the Lions here, this this they've gotten positional value now at all three spots in a in a big way. All three picks here. Yeah, Connor had the Jets going Kayvon Thibodeau and Garrett Wilson in the top ten. Now they're up again here at number thirty five, and I get his blessing for this pick. So you guys can't be mad at me. It's I love Jackson it. Hill, the versatile uh, defense it. back from Michigan, really athletic dude, can play safety for you, can play corner as well. Ran a four three eight, chumped. 33 and a half in the vert, 121 in the broad. Really good scores there for him. Agility was great as well. 6573 cone, 406, 20 yard shuttle. I mean, like that stuff really well rounds his his game and his athletic profile, which shows up on tape as well. So he's another guy who I think could threaten the first round, but here I got him to the Jets at 35. That 6573 cone is stupid, dude. 
Yeah, straight stupid. Yeah, agility, I, speed, size, everything, man. Yeah, Jets fans, there's your matchup player right there. You can move them all over the place on the field, and, and you need one on the secondary real bad. And you got a first-round player at 35 there. Uh, so be nice to Trevor this week. All right, 36, <laughs> New York Giants, Darian Kennard. I, I know a lot of Giants fans are going to react to our initial picks in this draft and go, no offensive line. And I've been trying to preach there is offensive line help. I know you don't have a lot of money in free agency, but in free agency and in day two of this draft, you got so much talent with Sauce Gardner and Trayvon Walker with the top 10 picks. Now you get Kennard that could start on the right side for you in round two and pave the way for Saquon Barkley. Nice. I had, for the Houston Texans, had them going Iki Aquanu after probably, you know, in this simulation, moving on from Laramie Tunsil. I got up a pass rusher here at the top of the second round, Arnold Lebekadian. Dude, what do we love about Arnold Lebekadian's tape? First step, baby. It's the first step explosiveness. Did he match with the athletic test? Oh, baby, did he ever. 6'2", <laughs> yeah, 250. This dude jumped 38 inches in the vertical, 121-inch broad jump. Those are some insane numbers for an edge rusher. So he's got that first step. We knew that. We got that confirmed. So Houston getting uh, Icky Aquano with the top and then Arnold Lebekadian here in the second. All right, the fourth pick uh, for the Jets in this mock draft, that 38 here. They're going Trey McBride. Uh, this has been a hot pick for the Jets. It makes a lot of sense. You get an inline guy that can block uh, reliable hands. The Jets dropped way too many passes from all four of the quarterbacks that played for them last year. So this is a really good way to supplement the offense after you got some help in the first round as well. Now you get your starting tight end of the future here. Chicago up for the first time in this mock at number 39. I'm going to go Tyler Smith, the offensive tackle from Tulsa. Mean cuss, man. This dude brings the violence to the position. And now we know he can bring a little finesse too. 5-0-2, 40-yard dash at 6-5-225. That is a really great number from him. 27.5 in the vert. We had a 7-7-8 seven, seven, in the three-cone and then a 4-6-5 in the short shuttle, man. This dude can move. He was a lot more nimble than I thought he was going to be. He is not just this... I don't know, chaotic dude who's just a, a bull in a china shop, man. I think he brings the meme, but he also brings the athleticism. If you eventually get him on one side and, um, oh my goodness, who, who I'm, I'm blanking the Oklahoma state, Tevin Jenkins. Yep. If you get Tevin Jenkins on one side, Tyler Smith on the other, that is a, an offensive tackle group. Nobody wants to go up against. Yeah. I like Tyler Smith better than Bernard Raymond. Uh, so I, I absolutely love that pick and think he's in first round consideration. All right. 40, the Broncos looking at linebacker going Chad Mumba, one of the true, Mike backers in this draft. He can yep. play the middle of the field. Totally. He can give you sideline to sideline speed. We talked about it. The Broncos might not be making any of these picks, but since we still have them here, let's make the most of them have some fun. Uh, Muma is a, a classic three down linebacker that is ready to start next year. And, and no doubt one of the best in this class. Let Seattle Seahawks up now at number 41. Let's go Boye Mafe, mm, the pass rusher fit, from Minnesota. Fit. Nice tape at the senior bowl last month. And he was Top five in the class in broad jump. Top three in the class in vertical jump. Top five in the class in 40-yard dash. This dude's just an absolute athlete. Seattle. We know Seattle absolutely loves it. They need pass rushers. I think he's just a perfect fit for Seattle. Yeah, great pick there. Uh, really just perfect landing spot. All right, 42, the commanders. I mean, listen, right now they don't have a quarterback. So we're going to act and operate as they still need one. I'm going to go Matt Corral here. I think, you know, listen, listen, Trev did a great job in round one, getting them Drake London. We know they have a lot of talent at the skill spots on that offense. We're going to wait and see. But even if you do trade a fourth round pick for Jimmy G because you missed out on the guys you wanted, you can still take Matt Corral at 42, let him sit a little bit, and maybe you kind of hit flash in the pan. You hit on this dart throw here. 
All right. Atlanta Falcons, we went Kyle Hamilton in the first round, and they get another one of my favorite players at 43, George Pickens, baby. Six foot three, 195 pounds, 32 and three eighth inch arms. You love that. He's got the physicality. Did he have the speed? Yes, he did, Connor. 447, 40 yard dash. I feel vindicated, baby. When I put him as wide receiver two not too long ago on this podcast, I had a lot of people going, Where is George Pickens coming from? And I kind of just told people, Hey, wait on it. It's going to come up. I get it. He hasn't been as big of a name because he was hurt, but this dude's good. His freshman tape, his sophomore tape is fantastic. He gets to stay home, if you will, stay in Georgia, stay with the Atlanta Falcons, give them a wide receiver that they desperately, desperately need. And I think that he becomes the top target for Atlanta if this happens. So I'm going to go George Pickens here at 43. All right, I'm going to do my best to pick up the pace a little bit. 44, the Cleveland Browns, Logan Hall. They need defensive line help no matter who they lose in free agency. They got to be thinking this year. I love Logan Hall's ability to rush the passer as a tweener wherever you play him, and I think he is much better against the run than that body type should be. So really impressed with Logan Hall. Great combine, great fit for Cleveland. All right, Baltimore Ravens. We have him taking Derek Stingley in the first round. I'm going to give him Leo Chanel, the linebacker from Wisconsin, super versatile linebacker. And so it's not like I'm fully giving up on Patrick Queen or anything, but I think the linebacker room still needs an upgrade. And this guy can play in a lot of different spots. I mean, Wisconsin sometimes had him only a defensive line and he was able to succeed because of how strong he is. So he feels like a Ravens kind of versatile player. Maybe he'll threaten the first round. I don't really think so, but I think that early second round is a good sweet spot for him. So I'll go Chanel to combine with the Derek Stingley pick we had earlier. All right, talked about in the Vikings round one, how corners in play for them, but Malik Willis fell. Well, let's find a starting corner here at 46 with Andrew Booth. I've been very, very uh, consistent in saying there are starting corners all over round two. Don't be sad if you miss on Sauce or Stingley or anyone like that. I think Booth falls to the second round, and for the Vikings, you get a guy that can succeed in man or zone, whatever you need him to do, and he has the measurables for that they like. They are obviously a team that really values the height and length at corner. Malik Willis and Andrew Booth is a good draft for the Vikings. I, I think it is. Like, no matter what you think about Malik Willis, like, that's a, that's a dart throw. It's a good dart throw. It might be something that happens. And they get a really good corner with it, too. So, yep. I like that, man. Really good combo there. Indianapolis at 47. I'm going to Sam Howell. You told me right before this podcast, little birdie might have let you know the Indianapolis Colts like themselves from Kenny Pickett, which means that they are very in on this quarterback class. Now, does that mean they like all of them? No, it doesn't. But it does, shoot, from what we saw from Chris Ballard's uh, podium session, we know that they don't like Carson Wentz. Yeah, that was sure. much as evident. So, so, so we know that Carson Wentz is probably out the door. They're probably looking at quarterback at 47. Is Sam Howell still here? I think they pull the trigger. Yeah, the question for them is going to be, how do they get where they need to be to get around one guy? And here, we don't have that answer for them. So they get Sam Howell at 47. All right, 48, the Chargers. Sky Moore. I love Jamison Williams for them at 17. He wasn't there. Trev had Jordan Davis. Love that. You still get speed. You still get a vertical threat, a playmaker with the ball in his hands. Sky Moore, the Chargers offense is a lot of fun, man. All right, New Orleans Saints. You gave them Chris Olave, right, at 18. Mm -hmm. So they got Olave. They got the wide receiver there. Let's give him a quarterback. Desmond Ritter is still on the board. I know a lot of people had had to do it. I mean, some people have Desmond Ritter as QB1. I don't. I kind of think Desmond Ritter is far from QB1. I I don't want to. I don't want the fact that he might be the most pro-ready to just mean that, like, he has a a higher ceiling or he would even be a better pick than some of these other guys. So I think he's going to drop a little bit further than we believe. I do think the Saints will probably take a chance in a quarterback at some point in this draft. And with him being on the board here at the top of the second round, I think 
they took care of the wide receiver spot. I think Desmond Ritter would probably be next if he's here. So I'll have them go Desmond Ritter at this spot. The summary of that is somebody has to take him. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So I I know a lot of people, and probably a lot of NFL teams are going to be a little bit higher on Desmond Ritter than I am. But the the whole high floor thing doesn't mean nearly as much to me. I don't really care about that. I I don't. So if if you think he's a superstar, cool. He's going to go a lot higher than this. Yeah, dunk on us. I I would rather, I kind of lean towards this being more of a sweet spot for him. All right, 50, the Dolphins, they need a workhorse back from Mike McDaniel's offense. Brees Hall, baby, the RB1, 43940, 40-inch vertical jump. Let's go. Let's go, Brees Hall. Every down back. He He does need a little work in pass pro. I will say that, but I think McDaniel would be cooking with him. So for the Dolphins there, you get who, in my eyes, is the best pure runner in this class. I think that's huge. That's huge for the Dolphins. He would be absolutely fantastic. So for the Eagles in the first round, we had David Ojabo, we had Traylon Burks, and then we had Tyler Linderbaum. <clears throat> I'm going to have him do it. I'm going to have him do it, Eagles fans. I'm going to pick a linebacker. I know that's the Cardinals said, but I think that this is probably where they start to really consider it, especially with Christian Harris from Alabama still on the board. Now, Christian Harris kind of had a quiet year. There were some other linebackers, obviously, Nicobe Dean, Devin Lloyd, they were getting a lot more attention than him. But he showed at the combine. He's got the athleticism. He's got really nice tape, I think. he's it, The physicality that he brings when that light is green is really, really great. So I think that Philadelphia, it's an upgrade at a position that they desperately need. It's not a first-round pick, okay? But I do think that this is a really good spot for Christian Harris to go off the board. All right, the Steelers got Kenny Pickett in the first round. They didn't have to move to get him, so they still pick here. I'm going with Jamari Sawyer, who has kind of been this overlooked kind of player. The Steelers need offensive line help. Sawyer has succeeded at tackle. He has thrived at guard for Georgia. I love him as a guard. He just plays like a Steeler, and I know it's stupid. It's cliche. I don't care. Steelers fans, you will love to hear that. Sawyer is tough, nasty, versatile. Uh, I think he is a starter next year somewhere. So at 52, that can start to get your offensive line right. I feel like this mock draft is going at the pace that Chris Berman does when he does his recaps of uh, of the games every week. So I'm going to bring homage with this Las Vegas Raiders pick by saying the Raiders up at the top. You had them going Devontae Wyatt. I'm going to have them getting another player here that I really like, and it's Kyler Gordon. Now, Kyler Gordon, the corner from Washington, didn't exactly have the combine that we mm, thought. I agree to vindicate a first-round selection. I I guess there's a chance he still goes in the first round because I think a lot of people really like him. But I think a second round is more realistic. Love the fit here with the Las Vegas Raiders. If they can come away with Devontae Wyatt, Kyler Gordon, holy cow. To me, that's a home run. Yeah, big time. 54, the Patriots, they took Kyer Elam in round one, a physical man press corner. Uh, At 54 here, I'll have them go wide receiver and go the forgotten man because he's been hurt, John Mechie. Reconnect the Mac Jones, John Mechie connection Mechie knows how to get open. That's the name of his game. You love him in that intermediate area of the field. The Patriots still need wide receiver help. So do not sleep on Mechie being an impact player next year. I like Mechie. I really do. Yep. That cat will be out of the bag. Yeah, exactly. Arizona Cardinals. I had them going Zion Johnson in the first round to beef up the interior offensive line. Now let's give him somebody who's going to run the ball behind him. Kenneth Walker. I think Kenneth Walker showed up and was more athletic than we even thought he was going to be, man. He's got a big body. He's got a really thick lower frame. He can lower the shoulder. Look, he was the Doak Walker college football best running back for a reason. I think that there's a good chance that he has picked in the second round and with good reason. So Arizona, I think they're desperately going to need a running back. Certainly they might be scheduled to with um, both James Conner and Chase Edmonds scheduled to hit free agency. So they might have a big hole there that they need to fill. If they do, 
Kenneth Walker's a great way to fill it. Speaking of holes to fill, Dallas Cowboys looking for safety help. You got Kenyon Green in round one. He's going to be your plug-and-play guard. Now you get Jaquan Brisker, who in my eyes might be a top 40 player in this draft. He he is a very versatile safety, a reliable safety. The Cowboys, they need that, but I don't think they need to do that in round one. I'm comfortable with day two of the safety class for them. So Brisker falling here is a huge win for Dallas. Okay, follow me here. Buffalo Bills are on the clock in the second round. We gave him Travis Jones so they address the interior defensive line, okay? Emmanuel Sanders is a free agent. Isaiah McKenzie's a free agent. Cole Beasley is probably going to get cut. Calvin Austin in the slot. You got Gabe Davis on the outside. You got Stephon Diggs doing whatever the hell he wants because he's that good of a wide receiver. The speed, dude. The speed that Calvin Austin brings to the game. And I kind of like... I'm kind of laughing at myself here because this is probably the Tutu Atwell theory. And this is like around the same range that Tutu Atwell went. So I'm going against everything that I stood for last year. But I also thought Tutu Atwell was bad. And I think that Calvin Austin yeah. is actually good. So that's the big difference here, people. Imagine getting that, spe- that speed in the slot for Josh Allen and this Bills offense. I'd love oh, it would be so fun. And you saw some of the usage with them when they did use Isaiah McKenzie, obviously, what he can do at times. Calvin Austin, the kind of juice he would bring into that offense uh, would be a ton of fun to watch. He can get down the field vertical. You can give him the jet passes, the sweeps. All right, 58, the Falcons here. They still need edge pass rush help. They got Kyle Hamilton in round one. And you gave them George Pickens with their first, second round pick. Now Drake Jackson. They got to get more athletic on the edge, Trevor. They have to get more athletic on the edge. Drake Jackson came into the season as a projected first round pick. Things did not go well at USC. But man, he's a very bubbly, positive guy. Uh, We learned at the podium. and, And I really hope that carries over to the NFL because there is so much potential with him. So much talent. And maybe the Falcons can tap into that at the end of the second round. The Falcons have my favorite draft. 100%. Yeah, I, I, I mean, talent. Talent 100%. galore. Dude, talent Dr- galore. Drake Jackson should not be going this late. I think that's four, three five-stars, too. Former five-stars we gave him. We, we, I've heard no buzz about Drake Jackson. Nothing. Why? Not Why? Nobody talks about Drake Jackson. Maybe not everybody's just trying to be real hush-hush about him and then get a steal at some yeah. point in the draft. That's what I think. Green Bay Packers up at 59. I'm going to go with Coastal Carolina tight end Isaiah Likely. Brings a lot of all-around game to him, man. He's got the blocking profile. He told me at the podium that scouts say that he's got the best hands of any tight end in the draft. So I think the NFL is pretty high on Likely. So with him really focused on his blocking, really wanting that to be a point of emphasis in the game to round himself out there. I think Green Bay Packers really need a tight end. I know we had him going wide receiver up at the top, so they could have gone defense at this pick, but... Let's just go all out, man. One more one more year, Aaron Rodgers here in this mock draft. Give him the best weapons you can. So we'll go Isaiah Likely. All right, the Bucks at 60 here. I use the old who wants to be a millionaire phone a friend, although I didn't have to go very far. Uh, Trevor's blessing here. And I mean, listen, Ali Marpet retires. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens to Ryan Jensen in free agency, but that doesn't even affect this pick. Dylan Parham goes here. He can play both guard spots Love for it. you. You know, obviously somebody that can really giddy up at that size with the the amount of weight he's gained over the years. He has still remained an athlete in that straight line. So I think for Parham here, this gives the Bucks just uh, real insurance. No matter what they do in free agency, this is somebody that has a ton of playing experience on the interior and really would fit that offense. Ryan Jensen's gone, man. He's getting... He's okay, getting so you- he- Okay, he's getting he's getting 15 mil somewhere else. The Bucks don't have the they they don't have the cap. Yeah, it's, that's a they lot. Do, they it's don't a lot have the cap. So if Ryan Jensen's truly looking to be one of the highest paid centers in the league, maybe the highest paid center in the league, 
Yeah, and at 31, cash out, man. Right. It's not going to be in Tampa. So just just cash out, take your money, be, get, generation, get generational money, help your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids and all that stuff. But uh, we appreciate you, Ryan. Thank you for the Super Bowl. San Francisco 49ers, 61. They could really use somebody who would be a great slot defender. And I think that Jalen Petrie from Baylor Perfect. gives them that ability. This is obviously their first pick in the draft because they didn't have a first-round selection. They traded that to the Miami Dolphins with the Trey Lance pick. So first pick, not a bad one. Going Jalen Petrie, who is a safety type, who could play both in the slot and give you some help on the back end as well. He's a very versatile guy. San Francisco would love him. Yeah, it's going to be a need for them because of free agency. And yep. Petrie, man, he's awesome, awesome player. Uh, ball skills, physical, speed. All right, 62, the Kansas City Chiefs. Still looking at secondary here and get Roger McCreary, who is sticky-icky in coverage, man. He's feisty. Does not. I, I, he was really. He really had great answers about the short arms thing at the podium where he was just like, listen, like, you know, I, it doesn't affect me in the SEC. It never impacted me. Uh, it's not going to impact me at the next level. And he thinks, I know he played outside a lot, but he's confident that he could also play inside at the next level. They used him inside at the Senior Bowl. The Chiefs, you, you know what they're going to run into, Trev. They're going to run into the Bengals. They're going to run into the Bills. These teams have tons of skill talent. You need matchup corners, matchup safeties. Now you look at the Chiefs here. They got Cine and McCreary. That is a huge, huge boost to the back end of their defense. I think that's big. Think that's big, brother. I'm going to go Bengals. Okay, 63. I had them not take offensive line in the first round. I had them taking Devin Lloyd. I'm going to go with Cole Strange, the Tennessee Chattanooga interior offensive lineman. He's a bigger interior offensive lineman. Showed up at 6'5 and uh, with 33-inch arms. So he's got more length than interior offensive linemen normally do. He's a little bit lighter in weight at 307. So maybe that makes you think that he could be an offensive tackle as well. Ran right around a five-flat 40-yard dash. 31 benches in the bench press, which is really strong. 21-inch vert, 120-inch broad. So he's got some good athleticism to him. I think he's just a really good all-around offensive lineman. And so I think this is a really great pick because, again, it could be a potential tackle selection for him. It could help him out along the interior offensive line. Whatever they need. I think Cole Strange can help them, especially if they believe they're right at the beginning of their winning window. Yeah, if you need an intro to Cole Strange, anyone listen to this, turn on that Kentucky tape. He showed he could roll with the big dogs. All right, 64, the Broncos. Looking at corner here, and we know they like, especially with Peyton coming over from Minnesota, they like long athletic corners, and we're going to go Tariq Woolen. Uh, this, is oh, rare, nice. this is rare stuff here. 6'4", the only corner I can think of that played at 6'4 consistently was Brandon Browner. 6'4", 33-5-8th arms, 4-2-6. Stupid. 40-yard dash. Stupid. Stupid. 42. Stupid. 42-inch vertical jump. Uh, this is a... Stupid. This is rare athletic territory, honestly, for a guy. And yes, he is not perfect at the position yet. He is definitely still figuring it out. I think the overall effort against the run is something that needs to improve at the next level. But... This just checks the boxes of traits that they look for with their DBs uh, for Tariq Woolen. So, man, if you can get him to tap into 60% of that trait-based ceiling, you have a legitimate number two starter across from Sertan. Who? Who? That's we did nice. it. That's nice. We did it. We did it, man. Next we week, it. round three. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jeez. No, no, no. Jeez. Not yet. The podcast, the, with that. the podcast would be like three hours long, which, you know what? 
y'all y'all degenerates out there who we like love it. deeply you, you would love it and you know what we would too so maybe we're going to give you a bonus episode at some point where we give you something like that uh all right i'm going to try my best to recap a lot of these classes but it's going to be difficult let's do every 10 picks so the energy never dies okay i don't want um, you i don't want you to have to take a break it's not okay. fair <laughs> okay you take the All first right. 10 okay i'll take the first 10 just starting in the first round so jacksonville jaguars at the top we had them taking evan neal and then in the second round george Karloff. This detroit lions went aiden hutchinson at the top we gave them nicobe dean at 32 and then Jahan dotson at 34 that's a nice little haul there for him Houston Texans, Iki Aquanu at number three, Arnold Ebikade then at 37 in the second round. New York Jets, Kayvon Thibodeau at four, Garrett Wilson at 10. Then we had Daxton Hill, the versatile defense back at 35, and Trey McBride at 38 in the second round. New York Giants, Sauce Garner at five, Trayvon Walker at seven. Then we had Darian Kennard at 36. Damn, that's nice too. I like that. We did good here. We did good. Yeah, Charles did Cross good. Uh, for the Carolina Panthers at number six, and then they don't have a second-round pick because they traded that with Sam Darnold. Get wrecked. Um, Atlanta <laughs> Falcons, <laughs> they went. <laughs> Kyle Hamilton, George Pickens, Drake Jackson. I didn't even have to scroll for that one because I love that one so much. Jermaine Johnson at number nine for the Denver Broncos. Who did they pick at the top? Oh, yeah, Chad Muma, and then you had Tariq Woolen. I like that hole as well. Um, so, yeah, that's the uh, that's the top 10 for me. All right, the Commanders at 11 took Drake London, and then at 42, they took Matt Corral. So maybe that's a connection for the future for them. The Vikings at 12 took Malik Willis, and then in the second round at 46, they took Andrew Booth to get a starting corner. The Cleveland Browns at 13 took Jamison Williams, and then they came back around in the second round at 44 to take Logan Hall for their defensive line. Moving on to the Baltimore Ravens, they took Derek Stingley at 14 overall, and then Trev gave them linebacker help with Leo Chanel uh, in the second round at pick 45. All right, keeping it moving. The Philadelphia Eagles here. Here we go. (laughs) 15, David Ajabo. 16, Traylon Burks. 19, Tyler Linderbaum. My this is God. This, this is why you wanted this is why you wanted the 11 through 20 because you were going to knock out three of them with one. 51 Christian Harris. Yeah, it was kind of a cheat code. The Chargers <laughs> at 17 took Jordan Davis. They came back in the second round for wide receiver, helped and grabbed Sky Moore at 48. The Saints at 18 took Chris Alave. And then on day two, they look to get their quarterback of the future at 49 in Desmond Ritter. The Steelers at 20, since the Eagles were at 19. The Steelers at 20 get Kenny Pickett. And then at 52, they get that much-needed offensive line help. At pick 52 is Jamari Salyer. All right, here we go. Home stretch here as we're recapping this two-round mock draft. New England Patriots at 21. They went Kyrie Elam. Of course, if J.C. Jackson leaves, that's a big hole that they need to fill. They also got John Mechie, the wide receiver from Alabama. I think this is a really nice one-two combo. Las Vegas Raiders, Devontae Wyatt in the first round. Kyler Gordon in the second. Arizona Cardinals, Zion Johnson in the first. Kenneth Walker in the second. Dallas Cowboys, Canyon Green in the first round. And then they had Jaquan Brisker in the second. Those That's feel nice. Like, that feels like Cowboys players right there. Uh, Buffalo Bills, Travis Jones in the first, Calvin Austin in the second, Tennessee Titans, Trevor Penning in the first. Did they pick in the second? Did I miss this? Did, they, did Tennessee Titans have a second-round pick? 
No, because they traded for Julio Jones. That's yeah, why Atlanta man. has that. So they only had Trevor Penning there. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Trent McDuffie at 27, and then um, uh, Dylan Parham Parham. in the second round. Packers, Christian Watson, and Isaiah Likely is the one-two combo there. That's Miami fun. Dolphins, uh, Bernard Ryman, and then Brees Hall. Ooh, that's nice. That's nice for the Dolphins. I actually like a lot of these. It's Kansas City Chiefs, Lewis Seen at 30 in the first round. Roger McCreary at 62 in the second round. Cincinnati Bengals, Devin Lloyd in the first. Cole Strange in the second. And then, uh, oh, that's it. Because you That's it, the Lions. First, and we already named him. Wow, look at that, man. We did it. Ooh. I love that we were like you like you were like I really like a lot of these. It's it's every time you finish a mock draft you like clap your hands you're like this is the this is great. And then the first comments like this this is the worst mock of the year. Right. Well, it's it's team specific fans who then just like didn't like whoever their pick was. And I'm sure there's a lot of that. I think it's that. a bit at this point. People just write that to get the likes on the comment, which Listen, is fine. All, all engagement is good. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, no, man, I had a lot of fun. This was great. I'm glad awesome. you came up with the idea to do a two-round mock draft. I feel like if we would have ended it after one, there would have been so many thoughts that I still wanted to get out. Like There would have I, I, there would have been so many takes that I wanted to talk about. So this is great. Dude, here's my thought. When I, I my plane had just landed and I was like, let's just do two rounds. Like, number one, we were just at the combine. This is the incredible time of year. You don't want to take it for granted. I'm finding it with round one mock drafts. The response from fans, understandably, is always, well, you, why didn't you address this? And the two rounder really lets you paint the picture, right? Look at the Giants, Trevor. If we did the round one mock draft, you walk out of this with Sauce Gardner and Trayvon Walker. And they're like, cool, our defense is awesome. Our offensive line still sucks. Well, they got Darian Kennard in round two. And, mm-hmm. and you, you look at it with the Jets. They got Trey McBride in round two to tight end. They haven't had a tight end in years. There's so many full-painted pictures here for teams that the round two exercise is just leaps and bounds better way to do it. I agree, man. I agree. I had a lot of fun. I know Connor had a lot of fun. Oh, Hopefully yeah. you guys had a lot of fun as well. This isn't going to be the last mock draft that we do. This isn't going to be the last two-round mock draft we do. Shoot, maybe we'll get crazy one day, and we'll do all day one and day two once we get a little bit closer to the draft and we start learning what these teams really love. We teased it a little bit at the beginning of the episode, but tomorrow Connor and I are kind of going to unload a little bit on you guys and get into a lot of the rumors and and hearings and news and things like that, that we picked up on the combine after we were there for shoot a very long five, six days, not just watching the drills, not just listening to the players, but we got also not sleeping, (laughs) not sleeping. And that's a big reason why we have so much to tell you guys. We're going to bring you a stock up stock down post combine edition episode coming tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. See you guys tomorrow. 